Hello, my name is Candy Block. I'm the founder of Right Hearted Weddings, and this is our weekly one-stop shop podcast where we talk all things wedding planning, wedding traditions, wellness, and relationship advice, all in 10 minutes or less. So let's get right to it. Today in wedding news, I'm discussing Netflix's new show, Say I Do. Now, I should just preface this entire review by saying that I didn't really think I would watch this show when it first came out. Uh, Being in the wedding industry, I tend to steer clear of any movies or books or shows that are wedding based just because they tend to be really over the top and unrealistic and lots of added drama. Um, And so I just generally don't find them that enjoyable since, um, you know, weddings are what I do for a living. That being said, I thought because of all the turmoil going on in the industry, um, this show seemed very genuine. Uh, I thought maybe it would be, you know, very lighthearted, very uplifting. And there was some of that. I'll admit the show is very focused on the couple's love stories and the, uh, you know, the issues that they have faced as couples, which you know, was, was very touching. Um, but overall the show didn't really quite land all that well for me. So, you know, first, uh, I'll say, I just think the timing of the release, um, was kind of off, uh, right now going through a global pandemic where couples around the world have had to postpone or cancel their weddings to release a show where you are putting together these big, extravagant, perfect wedding days for these couples. Uh, it really doesn't matter how deserving the couples are. It's like salt in the wound really for all of the other couples in the world right now trying to plan a wedding. I mean, even in the first episode, they're doing a wedding redo for this couple. And that's not to say that that couple didn't have, you know, a bad experience at their first wedding or that they didn't have a deserving story since then. Um, but right now couples are just trying to even have one wedding. I mean, couples are just trying to salvage wedding plans because of COVID. Um, so I, I think it all just, I mean, it felt a little tone deaf to still release this show during this time. Uh, maybe if you're somebody that just loves love stories and you love weddings, then you'll still enjoy it. But I can see why a lot of couples or anyone in the industry would be a little bit frustrated watching it right now. Um, next up, I think Netflix is playing a little fast and loose with the term surprise wedding. Um, in all of my history in weddings, a surprise wedding is when the couple plans together and then they surprise all of their friends and family that it's a wedding. So an example of this, I had friends in Seattle that they had a housewarming party. And then at that party, they announced that they were getting married right there on the spot. So it totally debunks doing any of the traditional wedding planning. And you're actually just surprising everybody else and getting married. So really the idea that one person is planning and then surprising the partner is just really unheard of. I mean, it's just a storyline that Netflix created, but that's not really what a surprise wedding is. Um, I think next week in the podcast, I'm going to actually go through and define some of these new wedding terms that are coming up, like surprise weddings, pop-up weddings, micro weddings, elopement packages, um, because COVID has created this whole new you know, style of wedding. So we're going to talk about that next week, but Netflix is playing kind of fast and loose with surprise wedding. Um, and then finally, the, the thing that I really didn't enjoy about this show is that 
it perpetuated all of my least favorite wedding stereotypes. The first being that you have to be female or a gay man to care at all about weddings. And yet somehow simultaneously, it's this guy or groom that comes in like Prince Charming and is gonna just provide this perfect dream wedding day for the girl. It's all just a little too fairy tale for me. I think I I wish that Netflix probably just would have created a whole different other concept around this where maybe the couples were planning together and surprising their families. Um, but I just think that this really perpetuates the idea that men, it's not cool or it's not normal to actually have any opinion about your wedding day. I mean, even in the first couple of episodes, they just kept asking, what centerpieces does she want? What design does she want? What chairs does she want? What does she want for her dress? All of these things. And I just wish they would have taken the time to say, what do you both want for your wedding day? Because this is a representation of you as a couple and it's okay for both of you to have opinions about that. You should both be invested in the day. You should both care about, you know, the outcome and the experience because it's about both of you. And I just think that the more that we perpetuate this idea that only women care about their wedding day, we're just giving men an out that they don't actually have to do the planning. I mean, in the first episode, they literally did that. They asked him all these things that the woman wanted. They looped her in on the planning and then she just took over from there and made all of the decisions. And while that does still happen, we need it to stop. We need more couples planning together and we have to stop perpetuating this idea that men shouldn't care about their wedding day. They should, both of you should, and you should be planning together. So that is really, you know, one of my, my biggest issues. Again, um, I don't want to sound like a monster. I don't want to say that, you know, the love stories weren't cute or anything like that. The, the men um, that are the wedding professionals are clearly very talented at what they do. I understand it's by the producers that created Queer Eye. Um, so they're basically creating a Queer Eye for the wedding industry. Industry. The part that I think is lacking is that Queer Eye is really, um, really kind of debunking a lot of the stereotypes about self-care and they're exploring different cultures and they're bringing people together. And this show really just seems to highlight all of the wedding industry stereotypes that we already know about. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, like a feel good series, but it doesn't actually really, you know, we're not, we're not facing any of these like tough things. And we're certainly not debunking stereotypes in the wedding industry. So overall, again, if you like love stories, you'll like the show. Um, it just didn't land well for me. I was a little disappointed. All right, next up, we're going to talk about wedding traditions, trends, and cultural blends. Now, last week on the show, I talked with Cindy from ILS Traveled, and she shared a lot of the trends that we see in the LGBT community, and this is really the second part of that conversation. So today, we're going to talk about mixed gender wedding parties as well as mix and match wedding party attire. Now, these two trends can definitely be separate, but oftentimes in the LGBT LGBTQ wedding community, um, they go hand in hand. And that's because they tend to be more accepting of non-binary and trans people. 
And so oftentimes their wedding parties will be mixed. And then they're also really respecting their wedding party members and allowing them to dress in a way that aligns with their gender identity. And so the one thing that Cindy really wanted to leave me with is that this is something that she encourages all couples to do. Not to get so hung up on who's standing on, you know, the bride side or one partner side versus the other partner side and that, you know, everybody on that side has to match and everybody on this side has to match. You know, we do see a lot um, in straight weddings that, you know, some of the bridesmaids will have different dresses as long as they're in the same color scheme. But Cindy really encourages people to go a step further and that it's okay for women to be in suits or rompers. It's okay for men if they want to be in dresses or skirts. You should really allow people to dress according to how they identify. And by doing that, um, you're really showing your closest friends and family that are standing there with you, how much you support and respect them as well. And then when your wedding party members are comfortable, everyone will be able to see that. And so I just encourage you to think about that as you're, as you're picking out um, the members of your wedding party and then also what they're wearing to make sure you're being as inclusive as possible. So for anyone in the Seattle area, I highly encourage you to connect with Cindy at Isle Less Traveled on Instagram. And then I'll also be linking to her website in our show notes. All right, today for our relationship advice, we are going to talk about money dates. Now, we've talked in the past on ep episodes about money mindset, but this is a really tangible thing that you can take with you today and start to implement in your relationship. So money dates are really just a weekly, a bi-weekly, or a monthly appointment that you set on your calendar with your partner where you are solely focused on your finances and talking about money. Now, if you have never done one of these before, the first one I recommend you have is actually just sitting down and getting really clear and really honest about all of the accounts that you have, whether that be bank accounts, savings accounts, retirement accounts, or any debt accounts. So any loans that you have, car loans, home loans, um, student loans, anything like that. Um, because once you get clear on all of those things, then you can start creating a budget. You can start creating money goals and take it from there. Now you clearly don't have to do all of this in just one money date. The point of money dates is actually for them to be a very regular occurrence on your calendar because guess what? Money will always be a topic in marriage. It never, ever, ever goes away. You'll always have financial decisions to make. And so the, the more normal you can make this, the more regular you can make it, the better and more open your conversations are going to be around it. So I can say that when my husband and I first got married, you know, the first thing we did was actually just, you know, put all of our finances into a spreadsheet and we've been together for six years, six years later, that is still the spreadsheet that we use and we come back to. We know it, it's easy, it tracks everything for us. Um, and we got really clear, like we had talked generally, I had a lot of student loan debt, but I was like, oh, I have, you know, 30,000 in student loans. And then it was really sitting down and saying, okay, I have $36,578, whatever it was. Um, because that's a big difference. And so you can really get clear on where you stand financially, and then having the regular money dates also helped us um, just really 
get into each other's minds, I guess, about what our spending habits were, what we envisioned for our future, what kind of goals we wanted to set short term, and then goals we wanted to set long term. And so in the beginning, these money dates tended to be a little bit longer. So definitely go into them knowing that you're not always going to walk away with all of the answers. Um, but sometimes they might be longer conversations. Now we've been together for six years. I know exactly how my husband spends money. Uh, he knows exactly how I spend money. And so some of those conversations tend to be shorter. And then maybe some of the other ones about financial investments or long-term financial goals are where we have a little bit longer conversations. Um, we tend to have them monthly now, but I, when you're starting, I think weekly is a, a great goal um, because first you got to track your spending no matter what. Um, so, so your action items for today are to schedule your first money date if you're not already having these. Find a good budget spreadsheet or start with a blank spreadsheet and create your own. And then third, bring some good food and some wine because this is a date. And even though finances can be a tough um, subject. If you make these fun, if you, you know, come to the table with a really good mindset um, and enjoy a nice glass of wine while you do it, it can definitely be something that you really enjoy and becomes a regular part of your relationship. All right. That is almost the end. I just have one last thing for you, which is just kind of fun. I want to wish my mom and dad a happy birthday. I'm not going to say how old they are, but I will say that my dad is one year older than my mom, but their, their birthdays fall two days apart. So today's my mom's birthday. Um, so she has hers. They're the same age for a day, which I always thought was so cute when I was growing up, like just a fun coincidence. Um, and then my dad has his birthday on Sunday. So you guys are probably like my, my biggest supporters and listeners. So happy birthday, mom and dad. And to everyone tuning in, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please like, subscribe, comment, and share. And if you would like some help with wedding planning, connecting with the right vendors in your area, you can download our free planning app. Right-Hearted Weddings is available on Google Play and the App Store. So you can find it there. All right. Thank you guys so much. I will see you next week. Bye.